when you're paying attention, that's, I mean, that's when you see the magic and that's when you feel the joy and the connection and that's when you want to create. conversations with artists about the work behind their work. My name is Ruby Josephine Smith, and I am a choreographer, contemporary dancer, blog writer, and host of this very podcast. learning more about what it is that drives a person to create. Hi, welcome back. Or welcome, I suppose, if it's your first time listening. Um, Today's interview, I'm pretty sure, is going to make you smile because we are talking a lot about joy. Ambutera is one of those people I found through the weaving, crazy, connected place of social media and the blogging world. I think I first heard of her work through another online friend, Maya, who has a blog called Spice and Sprout. And when I read her work, I felt an instant connection with the way that Anne writes about creativity and joy. Anne is a self-taught artist who finds inspiration in the beauty of her garden and the magic of nature. She works mostly in watercolor, but she's always challenging herself to try new mediums. Her watercolors are delicate, thoughtful, and evoke joy just looking at them. Anne also writes about art, creativity, and joy on her blog, My Giant Strawberry. She teaches in person and online and sells her art designs and fabric on her website. Anne's paintings have been exhibited across the country, and her art and writing have been published in magazines and in the book Botanica. So we cover quite a lot of ground in this interview. Kind of a little gardening reference there for her. Um, We talk about what the process of teaching herself to paint has looked like, the pressure of social media to make everything look perfect, even in the behind the scenes, how there are seasons and cycles of creation and productivity, and of course, her main, well, thing you could say, which is that underlying feeling of joy when making art. So get ready to be inspired to pursue your own little joys in life and see art as a true celebration of those simple, beautiful things. Here is my conversation on process with Anne Butera. Hi, Anne. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Ruby? I'm good. It's great to have you on the podcast. So let's jump in. So I'd like to know, um, what is your first memory of creating something? Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't know if I have a first memory. I have a lot of memories that are kind of mushed together of making things. As a child, I was constantly making things playing with found objects from the yard, making dolls. Uh, I would sew clothes for my dolls. My mom did a lot of sewing, but she didn't really teach me how. But I had fabric and thread and all kinds of things at my disposal. And Mm -hmm. I would just sort of make stuff up. 
and um, I did a lot of writing as a child, even before I knew how to actually write. So I have notebooks and notebooks filled up scribbles. So nice. as a child, I was constantly making things and making things up and imagining. So no one single memory, though. Cool. It's interesting because it sounds like most of the things you mentioned are things that you're practicing now. I mean, you still sew, you still write, and a lot of them, yes. Um, I don't really write stories like I used to. Maybe I'll get back to that someday. But yeah, I write in my journal every day, and I write my blog. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, those writing's still... just part of me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. When it's in you, you can't really uh, can't let it go. <laughs> yep. Cool. Um, and actually, going off of that, so you worked in a library before you became a, a full-time artist. Yes. Um, I, I majored in creative writing in college. And after I graduated, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just sort of ended up in the library because I thought it would be a good fit and just sort of stuck with it because it was a fun place to work. And I mean, I've always loved libraries. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so it was a good fit and I still work in the library in our town here part-time right which is a nice arrangement I go in in the late afternoon so I have the morning to morning and early afternoon to work on my art and Mm -hmm. that seems to be I'm I guess I could say I'm a morning person yeah I have more energy and ideas in the morning once I've had my coffee and <laughs> all <Absolutely>. of that. <laughs> I feel you on that one. <laughs> but I like getting up and coming to the studio and, and starting my day. Nice. And what was it that you enjoyed about, well, that you do enjoy about working in the library? I always think of libraries as very kind of quiet places with a lot of solitude. You know, it's not a quiet place. It's oh, really? It's funny when people say that. Um and especially, I live in a small town, but we have a library that's just um, a little over two years old now, and it's this beautiful space, and it's used a lot, and it, we're very busy, and there are a lot of kids, and it can be very loud. And the other libraries I worked in had a lot of kids um, all the time, and they were very loud. Oh, really? <laughs> so, um, yeah, actually, I was, I've been thinking about why, of course, I love being around the books, but also... I think being an artist, which is a very solitary thing, being able to go into a job where I can interact with people and chat with them and see what they're reading or what movies they're checking out and talking with the kids, it gives me a social element. And definitely, I think that's a nice balance to have. Yeah, we need that kind of contrast. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Plus, I have access to all the books. Um, I always have a lot of them checked out. So it's handy to be able to um, be there every day and find new things to bring home. Definitely. Do books impact your artwork a lot? Do you find that they help your creative process? Um, They do, especially in the wintertime. It's hard for me since I'm a botanical artist mostly, Mm -hmm. and most of my inspiration comes from my garden. And in the winter, my garden is covered with 
a couple feet of snow right now. <laughs> right, so, exactly. There's not very many. I have a lot of houseplants. And so I can paint those, but also bringing home things like field guides, being able to look at those things and find inspiration that way instead of from my garden. Um, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I look to books a lot for that sort of thing. I also have books by other artists. So getting to see other artwork is always inspiring too. Absolutely. Um so I know that you are a, a self-taught artist. And so where did that first impulse come from to start painting? Was it from looking at other artists or was it something kind of inside of you? Or what did that process of teaching yourself look like? Well, I guess um, I had gotten to a point where I was getting, I lived in the Cleveland area and as I said, the library where I worked was very loud, but we also had Mm -hmm. some violent episodes and there was just a lot of not nice things going on there. Mm -hmm. And it was exhausting and draining. And I was looking for other outlets. And so I I started doing some crafting, but going back to my love of creating things from childhood, I was I guess having that yearning to make some art and I've been kind of near art and artists for a while. My husband went to art school and we had friends who were artists. And so I guess I was just curious about it and I slowly started experimenting and eventually I I was doing a whole bunch of things at the same time. And I was, I was seeing other artists who had come into art made, making sort of later in their lives and thought, well, if they can do it, I may as well try too. Right. And so I did without having the focus that I'm going to be a painter or whatever. Right. Um, but I just fell, I kind of fell in love with painting with watercolors, even though I was kind of terrible at it in the beginning. <laughs> and I guess since I'm kind of a stubborn person, I just kept working at it and really wanted to get better. Mm-hmm. And so over time, I did. Yeah, <laughs> just takes a lot of practice and a lot of hard work. It does. <laughs> and that's one of the things when... When people say, oh, you're so talented, I wish I had your talent, it kind of bothers me because I'm like, I'm not talented. I've just worked really hard for a long time. (laughs) It's true. It's funny how often we choose the most challenging things for ourselves to pursue with creative things. I've just noticed that often people choose what doesn't always come naturally to them. It's often something that you have to work really hard at. And maybe maybe that's the, the payoff with it. Right. Maybe the satisfaction is to to get better and to overcome this difficult thing. Exactly. That's so true. So what what was that? Pro- like, how exactly did you teach yourself um, to paint? Was it just painting the same thing over and over? Or what did that process look like? And when were you working also since you're working full time? 
there was a lot of trial and error yeah. and I didn't really repeat the same painting over and over. Although I, over the years I've returned to the same subjects mm -hmm. again and again, maybe just because those are things that I grow and have around me and things that bring me joy, but just painting daily, mm -hmm. I guess. And Another thing, I mean, one part of doing detailed paint, botanical paintings like I do is a skill at drawing, which is something I did not really have when I started. Mm -hmm. And so doing drawings and practicing uh, using a sketchbook and the sketchbooks are, at first I was really kind of frightened of them <laughs> they seem I know it sounds silly to say but they seem kind of intimidating and yeah it was just I guess a thing I had I was afraid of them I understand <laughs> yeah I understand there's this feeling as if you have to fill it with something incredible I, I actually have the same thing with sketchbooks yeah you have this feeling that it has to be something you could put on display yeah but in reality it's just practice like I wouldn't take my scribblings in my journal and try and publish them <laughs> because yeah. you know they're just what's in your head and sometimes sketchbooks have to be that or sketchbooks have to be practice and a musician isn't going to make a recording of scales and yet scales are an important part of learning how to be a musician yeah I mean there's so much pressure now to share everything. So that might be oh, part yeah. of it with, you know, feeling like your sketchbook really has to be this work of art in itself because people do share screenshots of their sketchbooks that look gorgeous. Oh, and, right. And it's all, yeah. it's for someone who is making art themselves, seeing other people's highly curated social media feeds um, can be really intimidating, but it's also very misleading and that's something that people have to keep in mind that this is something that's highly curated and created to look good not to reveal the dirty secrets not that there are dirty secrets but uh, <laughs> you know, you're, you you're not going to show your sketchbook page where you accidentally dropped your paintbrush and paint went <laughs> everything and ruined your painting you're gonna right. you're gonna show the the page that looks perfect and that worked out the best way it could. Right. But yeah, I'm sure everyone has those pages where they messed up or the cat knocked their paint water over and <laughs> soaked the page or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but you actually, I've noticed you do share quite a lot of your process um, online and social media and on your blog. Um, how, how is that for you? I mean, what do you decide to share? What do you decide to keep for yourself? Um, yeah. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a hard decision sometimes um, what to share. And I guess there is kind of a pressure to share constantly. I mean, you don't want to lose people's interest and you don't want to look like you're not doing anything. Um, and actually, I've been struggling with that a lot lately because I've been doing some things that are kind of different and it's hard to know when to share those things. And I guess I haven't, um, I don't have a, a good 
handle on it entirely. Um, mm-hmm. I try and share things that fit with, I don't, I guess I could call it my brand because I guess that's what it is, but my style, I guess. Yeah. Um, and if things are sort of different, um, you don't want to lose people, you know? Yeah. But you, it's also good to be, you know, true to yourself and the new things you're exploring. Yeah, I guess it's always a work in progress, <laughs> you know. You don't want to get bored with yourself and you want to, I mean, once you get comfortable doing one thing, you don't want to do it exactly the same way over and over and over again. Right. Well, what you share so much about is really finding joy in the process and encouraging other people to find joy in their processes. And I I absolutely love that. Right. Yeah, that's a big part of it for me. And that's really what art making is for me. It's a joyful thing. And it's also a celebration of the joy that I see in the world around me. Hmm. there's nothing quite as joyful as a garden that's filled with flowers and being able to go out in the garden and pick some flowers and bring them in the house or bring in a bowl of tomatoes that you grew and herbs. And that just brings me so much joy and taking that and translating it onto the page with paint is just a celebration of that joy. And it just seems like such a natural thing for me. Mm, That's beautiful. I love the idea of art as celebration. Yeah, and I think that's what it is. And in my thinking, it should be something that is fun and enjoyable. And sometimes a pressure to be successful or to share something that gets a lot of likes can take away from that a bit. And so when I'm feeling that way, it's good to take a step back and remember again that the whole point is for joy and beauty and love, really. It's really at the basis of it all. Definitely. Do you ever have moments where it's a bit difficult to find joy in the process? And if so, how do you reconnect with it? What are some techniques you use? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um Especially, I mean, lately, it being wintertime, it can be hard. And one way to reconnect with um, the joy of it is to do something different. And so if I'm feeling uninspired by the thought of working with paint or the idea of creating a finished piece of art, just Mm -hmm. do some color swatches. That's one thing that always brings me joy. And it's just so simple to take paint and paper and just let it do its thing. And it's not something that I have to show anybody, but it's (laughs) something that can help just reconnect me with why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, also things like going out and taking a walk, which sometimes I don't want to do if the wind chill is like negative 22, like it is this morning. Oh God. <laughs> That's so, something I don't miss about the Midwest. I know. 
So when the weather is a little more agreeable, going out for a walk can be really energizing and just noticing things around you. Even if I don't go outside, if I just watch my bird feeder for a while and see the different birds that are coming and Mm. that just helps me to reconnect with what I consider magic of this world. I think that the animals and plants and everything that surrounds us is kind of magical if you think about it. And definitely that's, that's where my inspiration stems. So being able to reconnect that way can help bring joy. Also saying someday, okay, I'm not, painting's not going to work today. So (laughs) instead I'll make a pot of soup or bake some muffins or something, just do something totally different. And that helps too. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to give your creativity that break to recharge and come back to you. Uh, And some days I can push through it and paint and it'll be okay. But then other days you just know that everything is just going to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. And you usually know as soon as you wake up, huh? (laughs) Right. Um, Sometimes I'll try anyway. And then I realize this is just not going to work. So just being able to give yourself that space and say, okay, if that's how it's going to be today, I'll just take a break. Yeah, it's so interesting how you're talking about how winter affects you as a botanical painter, but I feel like all artists kind of go through these seasons of productivity oh, and yeah. I think it's it's different for everyone, but oh, yeah. It's it's such a perfect um metaphor the way it works really well for you. <laughs> I mean, the seasons literally impact your work, but for other people I think it can be harder to tap into when should I be really productive? When should I be a little bit more restful? And it's definitely something to be in tune with. Yeah. Well, and it's something to listen to and to, I mean, it's taken me a while to realize, okay, winter is not the time when you're going to be feeling the most energized in your art. And that's okay because it's natural. Um, There was a quote I recently came across, which I can't remember it exactly and I can't remember who said it but it's something like no flower blooms all year long and Mm -hmm. that really struck with uh, a chord with me because it's so true we can't expect ourselves to constantly be performing and creating we have to give ourselves a rest because it's just a natural part of life we need to hibernate sometimes exactly (laughs) I'm curious um, in general how do you feel about the term artist and how do you feel about calling yourself an artist oh okay yeah that's a good question for a long time I struggled with that Mm. Um, and I think a lot of people feel that way from what I've heard it's some for some reason it's a really hard title for people to claim Um, And it was hard for me. I remember, I remember very clearly one time I was uh, on this art tour Mm -hmm. and not as a, not as an artist, but I was just going, it was in Northern Wisconsin along the Mississippi river and they have it every fall and spring. 
and it's just kind of an art pop from different galleries and studios and shops. And I was in one shop and the person who was working there was asking, is anybody an artist here Mm -hmm. in the room? And I just wanted to like run and hide and it's like, no, not me. (laughs) And I had started, I had started painting a little bit at that time, but um, I would not have called myself an artist. I mean, not in public, Mm -hmm. maybe (laughs) privately, (laughs) but yeah. Interesting. (laughs) Now it doesn't bother me calling myself an artist and when I think about it, I mean, all, all of us are artists. It's something that a lot of us lose along the way. I mean, if you look at any child, they are constantly creating and using their imaginations and making things, and they have no fear. I worked with a group of kids who were in the brownies, and they had to do... Mm-hmm. Um, a painting night so they could get their art badge of some sort. I don't know. And we were painting different things and I had, there were different assignments for them to work on. And all of them just dove right in and started painting. And I think they were like second grade, around second grade age. And they weren't afraid of trying to paint a, what was the one girl? She painted, um, a kangaroo playing basketball or something like that. And she didn't say, Oh, I don't know if I can paint this. Whereas when I work, I've been teaching some adult painting classes, they're so much more hesitant and they are so critical of what they come up with. Whereas when the children created these paintings, they were so proud of what they did. Hmm. And it's kind of sad actually that we lose, we lose that. And it's a loss of joy in the process and it makes things scary when they shouldn't be scary. Yeah. That's so true. Was that why you were afraid of calling yourself an artist? I guess so. I guess because um, when you're an adult and you call yourself an artist, I guess, people kind of expect you to prove it and be like, Oh, sure. What did you, what are you making? And if you aren't proud of sharing what you're making or you are critical of what you're making, it's really hard to claim that as part of who you are. It's something that's maybe a little embarrassing, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy to compare yourself to what other people are doing. I just wish (laughs) that we wouldn't do that. (laughs) Um, But maybe it's just human nature. Yeah, I think so. It takes a lot of courage, I think, to call yourself an artist fully. I remember someone telling me once that it's pretentious to call yourself an artist. And I completely (laughs) disagree with that. (laughs) I think it's it's courageous, actually. (laughs) And see that kind of attitude like, oh, who are you to call yourself an artist? Or you're so pretentious, you know? Yeah, I think it's twisting the meaning of the word. Yeah, you hear a lot of strange opinions when you're in the art world, I suppose. Right, or anywhere. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anywhere, that's true. 
<laughs> That's so true. Um, I, I do you read Mary Oliver? I have a I feeling do. you would. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I love this quote by her to pay attention. This is our endless and proper work. And that quote just made me think of you and the way that you paint and the way that you paint what you see. Yes, because really, when you're paying attention, that's, I mean, that's when you see the magic. And that's when you feel the joy and the connection. And that's when you want to create, or I guess I should say that's when I, um, because some days you just are sort of going through life with your eyes closed and then there's no inspiration and there's no joy. You're just going through the motions or trying to rush through what you're doing. If you slow down and pay attention, that's really what it's all about. And that's where the source of all the inspiration is. So when you're in that process of creation, what does that look like for you? Are you usually in your studio? Do you offer paint outside? I don't usually paint outside. Um, It's just too hard to control the wetness of the (laughs) paper and the paint and all of that. I prefer painting in my studio, but I do sometimes sketch outside. I'll Mm -hmm. sit outside with my sketchbook and my pencils are my pens and draw. But usually in terms of painting, I will just grab up lots of different things from my garden fill up jars and vases with flowers, bring tomatoes up to my studio and just cover my table with all sorts of things that I brought inside and just really connect with them, look at them, observe them. One of my favorite parts of the process is just mixing the colors, looking at what's in front of me and trying to match that color it's it's so much (laughs) fun to me just to choose a little bit of this color a little bit of that and mix them together on my palette and see what comes out on the paper Mm, that's lovely do you listen to music usually when you're creating I usually do not listen listen to music um sometimes I will usually I need silence um Mm. So I'm really paying attention to what I'm doing. It's interesting. I was hearing in the background some traffic noise where you are. And yeah. um, that's something I never hear here. Really? Um, <laughs> but occasionally we'll hear, um, I mean, there are cars and trucks and things that go past. But. Oh, that's so a, funny. Sorry, that's funny that you say that because the call to prayer just started. I don't know oh, if you can hear it. I cannot hear it now. It's probably going to get louder in a second. I don't know if you'll be able to hear it from here. But yeah, no, this is a very noisy city. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear traffic noise here. Um, but I do hear horses going by because we live in an area with a lot of Amish people. And so that's it's funny. just a regular thing for a horse and buggy to go down our road. Um, but I'm not sure what my point about the traffic noise was. Oh, just a uh, solitude oh, I guess working solitude. in. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. also um, birds. I hear a lot of birds. Mm, that's nice. Um, there's a lilac bush 
tree, whatever, right outside of my studio. And there are often little chickadees in there and I hear them calling or finches. And so, yeah, the, the birds keep me company too. Nice. <laughs> That's lovely. Do you have specific working hours? Do you, do you schedule your time or is it kind of whenever the creative impulse hits you? I come up to my studio every morning and there are a lot of things that'll distract me from working on the actual art of it. Things like answering emails or shipping out orders or whatever, but I try and make sure that that doesn't eat up all of my time. Mm -hmm. Um, When I feel like I'm getting too off track, I mean, things like updating my website and photographing new pieces or whatever it is. I try and make sure that doesn't take over because it's also important to create new work. And I guess I have other things, other projects that I work on, like submitting my work places and getting lists of places to submit my art, things like that. Yeah. But I also try and make sure that I create at least one new painting a week. Otherwise I feel like I'm not doing enough. Sometimes it's more than that. It just depends. Um, Sometimes in the winter, it's less than that. Yeah. Maybe I should change my scheduling and just jump into painting first thing every day. But I like to take care of like customer service type things first. Yeah. And stay on top of that. Yeah. I think everyone has a different schedule and sometimes they they change like we said depending on the season or depending on your mood and it's good to have that flexibility oh yeah and to I mean look at the bigger picture instead of just like a day-to-day thing look at Mm. like the whole week and sort of figure out okay what is my intention for the week and what do I need to get accomplished yeah oh that's that's really I like that way of thinking about it Because it can be so easy to get stuck in the daily productivity and what did I do today? But if you're looking at it more on a a larger scale, I think that can definitely help put things in perspective. Right. And to just come back to it again and again and Mm -hmm. be like, okay, so I didn't accomplish such and such. I did this instead. Or I don't know. It's kind of a whole moving. There's a lot of moving parts to it and Mm -hmm. looking at things weekly, monthly, seasonally, um, works for me and just keeping an eye on it without feeling the pressure, which is sometimes hard, but yeah, definitely. It's a work in progress. (laughs) It all is. (laughs) Do you have any specific rituals related to your creative process? Rituals for the process Um, of creating a painting, for example, is that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or just definitely. kind of to put your mind in that artistic mode. Yeah, well, one thing, well, just coming up to the studio itself, um, just being in the space helps me kind of get in the mood to create, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, my studio is my happy place. I mean, that maybe that sounds kind of cheesy, but um, (laughs) I fill it with things that make me happy. I have a lot of plants. I have 
artwork from other artists. Um, I have lots of colorful things. I have like twinkle lights and things like that to just help me um, feel happy when I come yeah. up into my studio. And so Bring that helps. Exactly. And so in terms of rituals, I like to, one thing that helps get me in uh, the mood to create is to organize and clean my space hmm. um, so that I have a nice clean slate to start with. And so I'll wipe down my table and I'll wash my paint palette and then everything is fresh and ready to begin. Having that blank slate just makes me want to fill it, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. The possibilities are endless with a blank piece of paper. Exactly. And um, I know some. sometimes it can maybe be intimidating to have this blank piece of paper, but I find it energizing, especially when I know what I want to put on it. Mm -hmm. And it helps me well to figure out what it is that I'm going to paint, whether it be a plant or a flower or a goldfish or a butterfly or whatever. And then mixing the colors, that's really my first step. And as I said before, it's such mm -hmm. a joyful thing. And by that time, once I've decided what I'm going to paint and mixed the colors and I have my clean space and I have my paper ready to go it just is a natural flow to start working do you have any interests or maybe hobbies or activities that are completely unrelated to your your work so your painting um that might surprise people to know about you hmm. i don't know everything is pretty interconnected um hmm. maybe I read a lot. I read a lot of fiction. I love reading murder mysteries, um, <laughs> which I guess, that's a, I mean, yeah. maybe that's kind of unrelated. Um, sometimes <laughs> they're pretty dark or violent, mm -hmm. which I mean, I, I'm not like that at all. Yeah, I wouldn't um, say so. <laughs> and my art certainly isn't like that. <laughs> um I also like watching murder mysteries like interesting sometimes we need that contrast the light and the dark right maybe <laughs> I mean sometimes I wonder why am I reading or watching such dark things but I also like reading fun children's books I mean I was a yeah. children's librarian for a long time so I still am always attracted to children's books, picture books, and novels for young kids. Have you ever thought about illustrating books? Um, I have, but I don't know. I don't draw a lot of people. I guess I could do animals, but um, mm -hmm. maybe if I felt more comfortable drawing people, I would. Yeah, it's a hard one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you, do you have any goals or ambitions or where you see your artistic self going in the future? Oh, that's kind of a hard... It's a, loft, it's a big question. <laughs> it is a big question. <laughs> I just threw that one on you. And, no, that's okay. Um, 
I just want to keep making art and I want to improve my art and grow. My word for the year is grow. And so this year, especially, I want to focus on trying some different things and experimenting in ways I haven't. And so maybe that means drawing some more people um, and maybe I'll do it and not like it, but that's, that's okay. (laughs) Um, In terms of long-term goals, I just want to keep making art. I want to, I want to make more money (laughs) from it than I do now. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been, that's a hard one with art. I think it is. And I love that you, I love that you say that though, because it's something that, you know, we don't always talk about. Right. It's not something that people talk about a lot. And Mm -hmm. as an, artist in order to from what I've seen in order to make a living as an artist people have to have multiple income streams Mm -hmm. and so just figuring out the best combination of those can be difficult (laughs) and um, sometimes one area will take your time away from other areas and so creating that balance can be difficult. Yeah. You don't want to stretch yourself too thin. Exactly. Um, But I think also looking at the big picture and understanding that it's all a work in progress. And also it's not something um, that's going to happen immediately overnight and giving yourself time and not giving up that I think is important. Definitely. Yeah, I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and get better at it. And as long as it brings me joy. That's at the base of it all. <laughs> mm-hmm. And if it, I mean, I don't want to lose that. Absolutely. What are you working on right now? I'm between paintings right now. So I'm not quite sure what my next painting. I have a couple ideas and actually... I'm kind of under a deadline for, I have to create this little painting for an art auction um, Hmm. for this nature reserve near me. Nice. So that has, I have a little over a week to work on that. So that should be my next project, but sometimes I can be a big procrastinator and dive into other projects when I should be doing something else. So we'll see. I'm exactly Um, the same way. (laughs) I've also been practicing and experimenting with embroidery, which Mm -hmm. is something I've been wanting to do for a very long time. And right now it's just basically learning how to do it because although I did some embroidery in the past. I never really learned how to do it and what the different stitches were. So um, Mm -hmm. that's something that I've been focusing on. And that's, I mean, when you're learning how to do something, um, you have to give yourself time. Yeah. Well, I think we might wrap it up. Okay. This has been a really great talk. It was nice (laughs) talking to you. It was such a pleasure talking to you, Anne. Oh, good. It was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for all of your joy and wisdom about the artistic process. Oh, thanks. And hopefully we'll talk again soon. Okay, sounds good. Take care. (laughs) 
So I got so wrapped up in the natural flow of our conversation that I completely forgot to ask Anne to tell us where we can find more of her and her work online. So I'll share that with you now. You can find her work and blog through her lovely website, mygiantstrawberry.com. Follow her Instagram also at mygiantstrawberry, all one word. And she teaches Skillshare classes online, also through the username mygiantstrawberry. Definitely go check out her and her lovely work. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation on Process Peace. If you like what you're hearing, I would really appreciate it if you left a review on iTunes so other people can find this podcast and feel equally as inspired, I hope. Also make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this podcast so that you can get updated whenever there's a new episode. A huge thank you to Cooper Lee Smith, my awesome brother, for making the original music for this podcast. Wish you a joyful rest of your day. Thank you.